This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hartman and I'm joined on the roof of Parliament once again by James Forsyth and Katie Balls. Well, Conservative MPs are recovering, I think it's fair to say, after quite a a tumultuous 24 hours. Katie, what kind of mood are they in today? So I think as we'd marked on the podcast yesterday, after Boris Johnson's appearance in the Commons chamber... It was a pretty bad atmosphere and he made the situation worse. I think lots of MPs thought it was tone deaf. We're still seeing the consequence of his Jimmy Savile slur to Keir Starmer, where Dominic Raab had a very uncomfortable morning round saying, well, do you want to repeat what the Prime Minister accused the Labour leader of, you know, outside of parliamentary privilege? And he's like, no, I don't want to go anywhere near that, but also trying to defend the Prime Minister in some way for saying it. And so again, we're seeing the Tory party contort itself in various ways to justify their dear leader. But I do think that while the Commons chamber was bad, where things did stabilise slightly was in the address Boris Johnson gave to Tory MPs later. Now, it was packed, Tory MPs were being sent away, and when Boris Johnson arrived, they were pretty grim-faced. But while I think the audience and the reception for Boris Johnson was more muted than a typical 22 meeting, and this one was an, almost an unofficial one, I believe, but... He did manage to land some points. So he ultimately told MPs his plan. This includes policy committees connected to the 1922. This is the return of Linton Crosby. He said it'd be offering strategic advice. You're going to see him going in and out of number 10. That got one of the biggest cheers of the night. I think what's interesting, though, is I think in recent weeks, Boris Johnson has been suggesting to some that when it comes to what Linton Crosby is going to be doing, it might be a, a more hands-on role. And I think what was being suggested last night. But you can see um, Boris Johnson really trying to big up the Linton-Crosby factor. And then also talking about, you know, changing how number 10 works. But we don't exactly know how that is going to play out. And then finally, the publication of the Sugro report in full. Obviously, just a few hours before, he was refusing to agree to that. But I think those around the Prime Minister realised that that position was not going to hold, so he U-turned. I think some of those things gave MPs calls for optimism. I think that you've always going to be a bit careful in terms of meetings and reading too much into it. There are definitely more positive questions than negative questions. And I think the whips successfully got people asking, you know, particularly the newer intakes, saying, you know, Prime Minister, shouldn't we focus more on levelling up? You know, shouldn't we be focusing on this? And, you know, for example, one of the most negative questions came from Roger Gale. Roger Gale has already called for Boris Johnson to go. So it's not as though that is a new person. Um, but he asked a damning question, you know, suggesting he should learn from Margaret Thatcher, not real break, and said, you know, focus on other things. One of my favourite questions was one of the, I think, 2019 MPs who asked if um, they could reschedule the parliamentary away day, which tragically was called off around Christmas time because of COVID. 
but this was going to be, I don't think it's happened since David Cameron era, um, I think a two-night stay of the entire Tory party in an undisclosed location, but we think it was going to be somewhere Red Wall and maybe the Midlands. And they suggested that maybe, you know, to rebuild team morale, they should go ahead with this. But I'm told that sadly for journalists everywhere and also perhaps listeners, that got the biggest groan of the night and lots of jeering from Tory MPs. So it does not look like that is going to go ahead, even if Boris Johnson looks secure enough for the next week or so. James, perhaps that groan was partly, as, as well as the prospect of having to spend even more time with one another than they already do in Parliament, partly also because, as you've been writing, the Conservative Party is split over Boris and what to do about him. Yeah, and, it's, and the, so the Tory party is not, not split over some great issue of policy. It's split over the personality of its leader and his behaviour. And then, I mean, even within the rebels, there is a split about how to proceed. So doing a ring round... The Tory party, you know, there are kind of figures who are kind of almost kind of akin to kind of warlords. You know, they, they can move substantial body of opinion if they so choose. And talking to one of them, they said, look, they had come to a conclusion having read the update that, you know, the best thing to do was to wait until either the police investigation is concluded and the Grey Report is published or after the local election of May, whichever comes first. Because their view is, but at that point, there will be the greatest consensus in the parliamentary party and the voluntary party, this is something that lots of people are stressing, which is, you know, MPs are in one place, associations are in a slightly different place, slightly more protective of the Prime Minister. And so that's the right moment to act, because that would minimise the amount of poison that this decision to remove a leader would eject into the Tory bloodstream. And remember that Boris Johnson's allies have been making a big deal about this, saying, look, the Tory party got rid of Margaret Thatcher, and yes, it won the election that followed, but then it took decades to get over that, that drama. Then there are other rebels who take the view that, you know, you've got to keep going on because if you don't, this is going to become, move from being a kind of Boris problem in the eyes of the public to being a Tory problem and that you'll have more people, as, as Katie was pointing out, what happened to Dom Raab this morning, you know, more people will have to go out and defend the situation and that will mean that, you know, fewer and fewer people will be, you know, will be credible at the end of it. So uh, among the rebels, there is not consensus about the right way to act. And I think for that reason, I think it is most likely that we are now looking at a situation where the, the moment of maximum danger for Boris is either when the, Grey, when the police investigation concludes and the Grey report is published in full or after those May local elections. I would though just note one other thing, which is Boris Johnson has made an awful, uh, well, has implied to an awful lot of Tory MPs that he agrees with whatever their concern is at the moment to try and shore up his position. But I think the danger for him is that people are impatient and you can't actually agree with both sides of the argument. So you saw this, you know. Boris Johnson showed a lot of ankles to Tory MPs on cancelling the Knicks rise. And, you know, there was a lot of kind of, mm, mm, hear you, hear you kind of thing when people said this to him. The Treasury then objected to that. So you then had a joint op-ed from Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak saying, we're going to go ahead with this. You know, that therefore has upset and possibly tipped over the edge some more MPs who, who've, who really felt that, you know, they were being listened to on that and that was the kind of change in direction that they needed. We've seen, you know, David Frost is not an MP, but a peer say, well, I can't go into Downing Street now, even if the Prime Minister wanted me to, because I don't agree with that policy. The other thing that you saw last night was this hint about uh, not just a reorganisation of a Downing Street staff, but a ministerial reshuffle. Now, there is an idea that has got about, one might wonder how, uh, among the 2019 intake, that there is a reshuffle coming, that there'll be a lot of them brought into the Whips office. And, and that, that has definitely made a difference to how some of them feel about the Prime Minister. But 
I also think that if you're the prime minister right now, it would be in the yes minister sense of the word, courageous to send a whole bunch of people to the back benches to basically say, look, you've had your time. You've done your, your stint in ministerial office. I now want to bring on newer intakes of MPs because, you know, those people might say, right, it's time to open up the stationery set that I was given for Christmas and, and pen a letter. And I think this is one of the dangers of Boris Johnson is that you could end up tipping over the 54, not because there was some moment at which suddenly 40 Tory MPs decide a letter, but just it's just an accumulation of things happen, you know. And basically, there are there are consistently more letters going in than coming out. And at some point, the bath overflows and you have the confidence vote. Katie, the Prime Minister is trying to change the subject by travelling to Ukraine today. Tell us what he's up to. So we know from the weekend that Boris Johnson plans to double the number of troops when it comes to Estonia. I think that you're seeing also the Prime Minister talking about, you know, sanctions, tough action in terms of Russia. And there is a desire to focus on this. Now, I think what's interesting is there's clearly a serious situation going on in Russia and Ukraine. I don't think anyone would deny that. So when some people say this is a pure dead cat, like... I don't think that tallies with the fact that there is an escalation. No one is quite sure what Putin's going to do. If you think about the fact people said an uh, incursion in February is more likely. Well, we are what we're speaking on the day that we're now in February. I've managed to check my calendar. Uh, Always first with the news, Katie Balls. Breaking news. But, you know, clearly it's getting to the point where lots of strategists have long said this is going to be to be it. So you're seeing Boris Johnson doing that, but then also we are seeing her party gate is making things more complicated. So, for example, the call that Boris Johnson was supposed to have with Putin yesterday on Monday didn't take place because he was busy dealing with party gate. You have, and obviously let's not read too much into Russian media given it is state media, but we're seeing how when it comes to, you know, some of the some of the press over there will have reported the situation here, are trying to suggest Boris Johnson is too weak to deal with. So I as an ideal scenario he finds himself in as he goes to you know go and talk tough and I think also I think at the weekend we had all these photos of him getting advice from his military advisors and it was obviously his official photographers I think it is also a little bit you know we can focus on this and that might get some MPs off our backs because as we spoke about yesterday some of the points going from the new MPs was you know this is not the time to depose of a leader so I think they are amping it up in that sense. I also think that we're going to see a, a, a big government attempt to kind of change the change the message this week. We've got the levelling up white paper, you know, the, the most delayed document in, 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 in even more delayed perhaps in the Grey Report. I mean, they will try and kind of have a sense of, you know, look, these, these are the things that we are doing. This is we are making progress on this stuff. But I think I think it is going to be very difficult because I, I think that, you know, you've got the police investigating a whole bunch of events. I think that it's quite it's going to be quite hard for the government to move on and really concentrate on and really get the kind of the conversation to be about other things and, until that is done. And I think that one of the what you know there is a kind of analysis that you know that, that you know anything that gives Boris Johnson time is to his advantage and you can see why the arguments for that but I would just put one counterpoint to it which is I think if the if the police had not intervened and the full grey report had come out last week there would have been a lot of time between the full Grey report and the local elections in May. And it would have made it much easier for Boris Johnson to say, look, these local elections are very difficult, but they're really about inflation or rising energy prices. And, you know, I've heard the message with a government in midterm are going to deal with it. And, oh, you know, no, that. But now I think this, 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 
this story is going to run up closer and closer to the mayor elections, may even still be going by then. And it will make it much harder to say, oh, look, these mayor election results are not to do with voters casting their verdict on how I've handled that situation. They're all about these other issues. And the more that there is a link between those election results and this, I mean, the more dangerous it is for Boris Johnson. Because, you know, I was talking to one Tory MP, one in seat in 2019. His view is that Boris Johnson should not lead the Tory party into the next election. But he doesn't want to say anything because he doesn't think his association are at that point yet. But he thinks that, and again, you can argue that these people are just finding reasons to delay. But his logic, as he explains it, is that he thinks that a bad set of local election results in May would make his association say, oh, okay, right, we now see why you feel you need to act. But I think think, the other thing I would say about this is it's just in the, the fact that we are spending so much more time on our podcast discussing this, the fact that this affects number 10, not just in political terms, but so personally, I just think it's going to be very, very hard for the government to get on with other things while this hangs over them. And that is why this argument that, that delay is a, is a good thing, I, I think has a lot of flaws. Thank you, James. Thank you, Katie. And thank you for listening.